You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. What you got? Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slate podcast. And today on this episode, we have with us the amazing Selena Almodovar. When it comes to helping Christian women navigate love, relationships, the single life, and marriage while honoring God, no one does it better than Selena Almodovar, a renowned Christian relationship author, coach, blogger, and speaker. Selena shows women of faith how to successfully transform their love lives through trust in God. A Puerto Rican city girl, mother of three children, and Christian wife of nine years, Selena's faith-driven coaching skills and resources help enable her clients to connect with God on a deeper level all while they are living a Christian life full of love. Whether it's teaching others how to truly trust God, creating a fulfilling marriage that lasts, or manage a breakup, Selena is all about giving her clients the keys to unlocking a God-centered love life they can relish. Let's welcome Selena to the podcast. Selena, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. How are you? I am good. I'm so happy to have you. Listen, we love talking about relationships on the podcast. And what I love is that we are covering everybody. So we're covering singles, dating, and we're covering married folks. I really get excited when we talk about this topic because I've only been married for a year and maybe a half. So the dating, the dating days are still fresh in my head. Yes. So I love to have this conversation. And I know my listeners love talking about their single season and what tips and what things they should do. So let's get into it. But before we really dive into it, tell me a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. Okay, so it's so interesting because I've been doing this for probably a little over 10 years is when I did this. I actually started my venture of entrepreneur as the same week that I got engaged, which was the same week that I got laid off from a nonprofit job. But the fun fact that I want to share with you is that that particular job that I had was in relation to my two degrees, which is actually in health administration. And when I started my uh, working online and starting my own business, I actually started out as a health coach. I was a certified holistic health coach. And I did that because I assumed, well, if God allowed me to get two degrees, a master's and a bachelor's, both in health administration, then surely I should follow up with that and pursue my own business, become my own boss in the same field. And definitely God said, yeah, no, that's not the case. We're going to completely shift gears, completely pivot. And to this day, I have my two degrees hanging up in a counselor's office. I do an offsite in-person counseling for women, for married couples, for young women. And I use it just as a reminder that just because you think you're going in a direction, God can totally change it. 
and he can use your story, no matter how crazy, how many twists and turns it is, he will use it for good. And so that's my fun fact. I was a health administrator and I have two degrees in it. Lots of money that I paid towards that. I love how God will just take what we think our plan, mm. what we think is going to happen and switch it all around. Absolutely. Even though we may be on a track and like you said, you have two degrees in health. I have two degrees in law, but I'm yeah. also a life coach and I'm also doing this podcast, which is definitely not something that was in my five or 10 year plan when I yeah. was a teenager. Definitely. I, I love to say that. I had like this magnificent 10 year plan when I was about maybe 17 before I started university. And the only thing that went to plan was me actually going to university. After that, (laughs) nothing went to plan, but God had it in such a way that I wouldn't want it to have gone any other way. Yeah. Amen. So I, I love how God can use and health coaching can tie hand in hand, what you learned then to what you're doing now. So Let's pivot into what you're doing now. What made you become a Christian relationship coach? So I decided to step out in faith after I got laid off and my husband proposed to me and I said, oh, snap, life is changing very fast. And I just assume, you know, oh, I'll just take a season off. I'll really pray fast, focus on God, do God's work, join ministries, and then something will come up. He will bless me. And after season, after season, after season, I realized like, oh, snap, I'm not getting a job. And uh, where's my blessing? That's when I felt God calling me to move and do something on my own. So that's when I started to create my health coaching business. I started to grow that learning about online world, you know, all of the things that go into the online world. Social media was very new, but it still did not feel right. And I wanted to be a Christian health coach, but if you follow the Christian, if you follow the health and wellness world closely, there is a lot of things that are not tied to our faith and Christianity and our beliefs, you know, what people do to feel better, um, what people use as, as resources for positive living, positive thinking, all of that was just really not settling well with my spirit. And it got to the point in my life where I was doing YouTube videos in 2015. I was having the blog. I was doing all of the things you're supposed to do. And I suddenly just had a breakdown moment. And I said, you know, I created the corner office. I am the CEO. I am the boss of this industry, of this business. And yet I want a new job and that shouldn't be the case. And so I went back to God. I went back to my prayer closet. I started fasting again. And I said, what needs to change? And then that's when God told me, where have you seen me the most in your life? Mm. And the biggest place that I seen God move and transform the biggest encounter that I felt that called me to live a life wholeheartedly for God was my relationship with my husband. That was the very first time I tried Christian dating. That was the very first time we decided to have a pure relationship. I did not kiss my husband until we were at the altar of our wedding day. And before that, I was living with boyfriends. I had, you know, I've done things with boyfriends in the past. And so that was where God has transformed me. And he said, that place, that area of your life is where you are going to transform other lives. And that is where I want you to stay. 
And so just like that, I rebranded everything. I started from scratch and I've been safe and happy and at peace to mention God in every post and every email and every message that I create. And there is peace in that. And I know that women are getting transformed because of that obedience. And that brings me fulfillment. So that's why I continue to do it to this day. I think that is absolutely amazing. And you you posed a question to yourself that I think not a lot of us think about. And you said, you know, God said, where have you seen me most in my life? Mm-hmm. And that is so important. And that is something that would make you sit down and actually spend some time with God and say, God, where have you showed up? And I think it's absolutely amazing that he could transform your dating experience when it came time for you to and your husband to court to date, to get engaged. And I think that that is very important because we've done it one way all of our lives. It doesn't mean that we cannot change how we're dating just because we may have had sex in the past doesn't mean that we should enter a new relationship and feel like, oh, well, I've done this in the past. Maybe I can continue to do it. We can change the way we date and we look at relationships. And I think that's absolutely beautiful. I feel, and I echo your sentiments with my testimony with my husband, we changed completely how we were dating, but it was because I had people to inspire me in that area, just like you are doing for your community, inspiring them that there are other options for dating. We had um, one of my good friends on the podcast often, and she also, she's written a book about how her dating had changed once God was introduced to her life. Just like you, she didn't kiss her husband until they went to the altar. And I think that's such a beautiful testimony. So I thank God for carving out a path for you to be that inspiration to other women for them to know that, hey, wait a minute, let me try this a little different. The ways that I've been doing it in the past has not worked. Let me try something new. I absolutely love that. There you go. And you see that for all the listeners, it's not one testimony, it's not two, but you have three people here who are telling you that it can be done and that God is going to see you through it. So amen. Thank you. Amen. Okay. So as a coach and now, you know, we know your story now, we got a little bit about your story. I want to know what struggles you faced when you were transitioning into, you know what, I'm going to do dating God's way. And then also I want to talk about what struggles your clients and people that you are observing in the community that you, you see that they're facing the biggest struggles. So the biggest struggles that I see today, day in and day out, whether it was my first year of coaching specifically on Christian relationships, or whether it is today, The biggest struggle that I always hear about is the season of waiting. Mm. And it is the fact that women are getting restless. They're not to say impatient, but I don't want to be rude, but yes, it's impatience. Mm -hmm. And they are starting to have that reflect their faith. Mm. And that is God even here. Does he even hear me? And so to relate that to my personal story, I constantly sought out God. I had this new flame inside of me when I decided to go all in with my relationship with God. I treated it as if I was dating Jesus. And I know that is a cliche that people don't like to hear, but 
if I was about to go out to the restaurant, I said, would my boyfriend want to want me to wear this? AKA would Jesus want me to wear this? No. Okay. Let me go change. But that's how serious I was. Like I was very radical in pursuing God. I was very radical in reading the Bible and in fasting. I'm such a fan of fasting and prayer. And I was developing that personal relationship with God and with Jesus as I was developing this relationship with my husband. And so to kind of reflect that to the women of today, their season of waiting, I feel as though people are seeing God, they're seeking him, they're pursuing him, but they're not bold enough to be radical in that. They're not giving it all that they have. They're not fasting. They're not praying. They're not going to the Bible where they need to go. You know, they're going to settle in one area of the Bible or they're going to do one devotional. They're going to say one prayer and assume that that will be okay. And then they get upset when they don't hear from God. So when I ask these women, you know, what does your faith relationship look like? What does your personal relationship with God look like? And it's still, oh, I'm trying to figure it out or, oh, I speak to him, but I don't, you know, I don't hear from him. To me, that's an indication of like, how reckless are you pursuing him? How deep are you willing to go in this relationship if you want him to bless you in a new relationship? You know, and I feel like a lot of the times either they don't know how, which hopefully my ministry can help with that, or they are afraid because Mm -hmm. they have the trauma of rejection or the trauma of abandonment or daddy issues that is kind of stopping that. Or they're just afraid that the history of their past will repeat themselves and they're going to be so vulnerable to God and they're going to be so open to God and then something would happen and they are not willing to be there. They're not willing to just go all in and put it out there and take the risk of following God and letting God show them what happens in that season of waiting or lead them out of that season of waiting that they just don't even do it all together. Mm-hmm. And that's been a struggle to really just show people your faith needs to go deeper. Your faith can get deeper, but here's how, and people aren't willing to do the how. That's a struggle. Wow. Yeah. People not being radical and and, and, and being reckless and, and taking their faith deeper. That is very important in your waiting season. In your waiting season, doing all those things, you preoccupy your mind as well. So you're Mm -hmm. not out there wondering if every man you run into or every, you know, new guy that comes to church is your husband. You're so focused on pursuing God, on pursuing what he's, he, he has for you in following his purpose and walking under his anointing that he who findeth a good wife finds you in what you are supposed to be doing. Yes. The radiance will shine which I think is so important. So that is a lot of women, I think, can relate to that. But I just want to pause here and talk about the women who are listening to this and saying, well, you know what, Selena, I am radical. I have been fasting and playing. I am reckless. I focus. I volunteer in charge. I do everything that I have needed to do that God has required of me. But yet I still feel like the weight is long and I am feeling restless. What advice would you have for those women? Okay. So I'm going to tell you a lot of the times people will see me because I've been married for almost 10 years, 10 years going in May of next year. And they're like, Selena, you don't know what it's like. You have a man to go to the bed to. 
you know, you don't know what it's like to be waiting in your singleness. And yeah, I was single for a season once in my life. And yeah, that once in my life was a long time ago. But as a Christian relationship author, as a Christian relationship coach, I'm waiting. I'm waiting to to blow up. I'm waiting to sell out tours. I'm waiting to have this mindset of what God showed me my ministry would become. And I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been waiting for 10 years. And so to me, even though I'm not single, I've been waiting and I've been doing all the things. I've been obedient to God. I've been posting. I've been praying. I've been helping women left and right across the world. I've been writing out my words. I've been publishing my books. And yet I am still waiting for that arena filled, packed ministry that God has shown me in visions and confirmations and in words. And so it's not the same sort of waiting, but it's the same struggle. It's the same frustration. And so what I would say to you who are watching and who are listening is you have to keep going. You have to let your faith become your steps and you have to walk even when you can't see. And it's going to be frustrating and you're going to be weak. And there's going to be times when you are weary and you want to give up and you want to quit. And you just want to say, you know what? I'm okay with my plants and I'm okay with my cats and I'm okay just being single. And I don't want to pursue this anymore because it hurts. It hurts when you put your faith out for that long and you don't see the fruit of it. But sometimes your fruit is not a flower that will blossom in the new season. Sometimes it is a tree that will take years to grow and form and produce fruit in that. And so I'm going to tell you, there is no magic equation. There is no secret formula. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you're not Christian enough because I don't know your story. I don't know your trauma, but somewhere in that season of waiting, God is going to encounter you. And he's going to speak to you and he's going to give you the next step. And a lot of the times, both you and me, we are looking for that promised land when we're still stuck in the wilderness. And in the wilderness, God sometimes let the camp of the Israelites stay for a day before they got a new step, stay for a week, stay for a month, stay for years in the same spot before they were able to move again, you know, and for us who are waiting who are struggling in the wait, we have to just keep our faith and keep moving forward. It's not by our understanding. We're never going to understand why it took this long, but we have to just trust and move in that faith. We just have to take it one day at a time, receive the manna of today and just be thankful in that and just keep going no matter what. Just keep going because when you keep going, that's when you don't quit. And that is when you reach that promised land of your husband, of God blessing my ministry, of open doors for this podcast, of all of the things that he has entrusted and he has told us would come to pass. That is when you receive it, is when you choose to keep walking. So keep going. Yes, just keep going. Um, the the analogy you just gave, everybody's journey is different. And although some people may look or seem like they found their spouse really quickly and some may take years. Like you said, sometimes it's not about a flower that quickly blooms, but it's a tree that takes years and years to, to, to bear fruit, but that fruit is still beautiful. So I would echo your sentiments and say, trust God in the process 
trust God in the wait, because while you're waiting in that season, while you're spending time with God, while you're fasting, while you're getting radical, God is still fixing and mending and transforming your mind. And he's doing the same thing to your spouse somewhere. God knows the desire of your heart and he will not withhold that which is meant for you, but he will take the time to make sure that when um, A and B meet, when Adam and Sally meet, that they are in the right frame of mind to receive each other. So it's not that, so they will not be missed blessings. Yes. And I think that is so very important because I completely understand that it's not always easy, but as we move and as we keep on with God, as we keep on keeping on, as, as, as people say, God mm-hmm. is doing something amazing. My mind mm-hmm. is, is, is taken back to a lady from my island, but it's very popular um, in America and around the world, Dr. Cindy Trim. Mm-hmm. And she first got married in her 60s. And God carved out a beautiful love story. And if you ever heard her love story, And you would say, wow, like how God would bring something so full circle. So God has not forgotten about you. Don't feel like, you know, he can't see you. He doesn't hear you. He doesn't hear your cries and see your pain. He sees all of that, but he's still a good, good father. And he's still going to do things that you need. Yes. Not that you want. Yes. What you need is what matters. Yes. Amen. Yeah. So that, I mean, the waiting season is just one portion of it, but once we're in, you know, come to the end of our waiting season and we start dating. Yes. What I know that initial jump for me was, it was very different. And I thank God that I had the friend that I had in my corner because she was like, girl, you are doing too much. Turn it down. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bring back. I needed somebody to to talk to because yes. I hadn't been out on a date in a very long time. And I didn't even think about what to wear. And I remember going into um, the city and I found this beautiful red jumpsuit and I sent her a picture. She's like, where are you going? <laughs> She's like, this is just a, this isn't even a date. This is a meeting to yeah. see if you guys even want to date. What are you doing? Put on yeah. jeans and a shirt. Okay, yeah. dress it up with some heels. And I'm glad I listened to her. Yeah. Because, you know, we were just having that initial talk and it 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 worked out because I was more relaxed and we ended yes. up talking until the restaurant closed. So that definitely worked out. So what are some of the things that we should draw our mind to and consider when we're ready to start dating? When you're ready to start dating. I don't know if this happened to other women. I don't know if this happened to you, but as soon as God brought me to my husband, which we, I knew him before, but finally the lights went off in my head and in my spirit that said like, oh, I really like this goo. Um, I really like him. I have a crush on him. As soon as that happened and we actually started dating, my mind jumped from that day to when we were retired and empty nesters. And I kept thinking of everything 
based on the future. I'm like, could he really be the father of my children? Would he really buy me this house? Can he afford me? What kind of date is he taking me on? Could he afford this lifestyle for me? Because I'm not going to settle. Like I kept thinking of the future. What what kind of family does he have? Hmm. Is he? And it's just like, girl, you're only on the first date. You've yeah. only met him. Um, just get to know him, get to know his laugh, get to know what he's into, you know, and I was just like, I was really, I think I told him my credit score, like on our second day, because I was just like, are you in this or not? Are you intentional or not? Because I don't have time, you know, and sometimes that scares people (laughs) as a coach that scares some guys away. And we don't have to be that upfront because if God is putting it in your path, as long as you keep trusting in God, as long as you keep praying in God, he's going to open the doors that need to be open. He's going to close the doors that need to be closed. But I would say, don't take it so seriously, you know, um, enjoy the process, enjoy the butterflies, enjoy the open doors, enjoy the spontaneous flowers, like stop assuming that it's all end all be all and enjoy being pursued because God pursues us and we enjoy that process. And it's just like when you're getting married, you know, the bride is so focused on the wedding. She's so stressed about the wedding. She's so stressed about losing weight to fit in the dress and the flowers and and all of the little details that go into the wedding that they forget of they forget about how to enjoy the season of a bride. Mm. that she is lovely to behold, that she is being adorned and she is being, um, she just has this glow about her and there is no one like her in that season. And she is just so highly praised in this season. And we forget that. And so when you're first dating, um, calm it down, (laughs) embrace it, take it one day at a time. And just remember, you're not leaving God and God's not leaving you. So if God brought you this far, keep seeking him, keep trusting him and keep allowing him to lead you towards the next step of that relationship encounter, date, meeting, handshake, eye contact, smile, whatever it is that you have just experienced. That is excellent advice. And I think it's so timely because I think we do, we, we, we've been waiting for so long that we think that, okay, Well, this must be it. And if this is it, you better go. I mean, I was asking my husband questions at our first meeting. I was like, (laughs) are you, I just need to know certain things. And I'm so, because I'm used to cross-examining people, I try my best not to do that regularly. I was asking questions. And at the time, I didn't know he used to debate internationally. The same styles. I was like, where are you born a man? (laughs) I went straight for it. Like, are you looking for a wife or are you playing the field? Like, how long will it take you to... There was probably some questions that I couldn't, I could have left later, but it did work with our style. But another thing that you said was enjoy being pursued. And I think that is so important. The type of personality I I, I have, I mean, by the time we had our first meeting and then our first official date, um, by like date number two, I was telling my friend, I was like, I think I'm going to ask him to lunch, you know, today. She was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Thank God for her. Okay. She's like, yes. slow down. 
Let him pursue you. Let him take you out. And I was, I I just feel, because I'm a giver. And for me, I love to show, the way I show love is by giving gifts. So taking somebody out to lunch when they enjoy eating is like a gift that I can give. Mm -hmm. So, but I had to learn how to slow down and enjoy that season because it's different seasons and they can go by so quick. So there is the waiting season. Then you got the dating season. If you get to the point where you're engaged, then that's a season. Then you're married and then there's children and they all go by so fast. fast. And one of the things that I know that I despised was the outside world um, rushing you out of the season that you're in. Yes. When you get married, when you get out of kid. As soon as I, I I was out of uni, it was when... Am I going to get married? Yes. And then I was in dating. So when are you going to start dating? I date. When are you guys going to get married? We get engaged. I'm telling you, I got engaged on Friday night, Sunday morning in church. When are you having kids? Wow. And I'm like, why are you rushing? I just want to be in the moment. I just want to enjoy the moment. I don't want to jump immediately into wedding planning. And anybody who asks me, I always say, just enjoy being engaged for a bit. Just enjoy being engaged. There's no rush. If this is the person you are spending the rest of your life with. Yes. There is no rush. We get married. And then it's, when are you going to have children? And I'm just yep. sitting here like, I just want to enjoy being married for a while. Yes, please do. You will please have enjoy that. children when, when, when God says, you know, That's it's right. time to have children, but I don't want to immediately marry myself for, oh, for me, for my journey. And if I had gotten pregnant right away, we hadn't had any time to learn each other it's yep. because we hadn't been living together. Yep. So of course, dating in a way where you have never lived with somebody. And at that point for me, I had never lived with the man outside of my, um, my father and my parents got divorced when I was eight. So living with a man kind of was a a punch in the gut. Cause I was like, yeah, this is what you lot do. Yeah. 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 It took a lot of getting used to, and I couldn't imagine trying to adjust to that him adjusting to living with me and then having to adjust to bringing a third person little person at the same time yep each moment each season is there for a reason do not rush it let god do what he wants to do for you in each season amen it will it will let me tell you write a journal write your in your journal all season so you can look back and think about how far god has bought you so now that we, we, we've, we've talked about, you know, the dating and enjoying being pursued, how do we draw healthy boundaries so that we can stay pure during dating? So boundaries, right? People love them, but nobody wants to enforce them. Uh, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of temptation. And they're there because we're grown women. We're not in high school where we have hormones, we have needs, um, desires, and so do the men. And so this is very tough. So here is what I would recommend. Um, Number one, you have been sprinkling this throughout the whole entire episode, and that is to get you a friend. 
Um, accountability, number one, accountability, number one. Why? Because when you think that you can do it yourself and nobody is asking you, um, have you been having feelings? Have you been having thoughts? Have you been doing anything? If you have someone in your corner where you know they can text you, they could check up on you, they could show up to your house at any time to ask you these questions, then you think twice about what you're going to do. So I, I would definitely recommend get you a person who is going to be there to hold you accountable with your boundaries. Um, the second thing I would say is don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And like I said, you might think, oh, I've been in so many relationships before. I know how to handle myself. Oh, I haven't had sex and I never had sex or I haven't had sex in this many years. You know, I know how to handle myself. I know how to be pure. But when the temptation is there and the promise of a man is so within reach, things will get very slippery if you are not careful. So don't trust yourself. Don't trust yourself. Pretend that you are a 13-year-old girl and lock yourself up, have your curfews, you know, wear the, the clothes that are not going to draw the sexual temptation. Don't be in the same room when it's dark. Don't Netflix, get unsubscribe from Netflix, okay? Like, don't trust yourself. I'm serious. And then the very last thing I would say is, if you and your partner are dating and you want to establish healthy boundaries and you want to honor God through those boundaries, talk, 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 talk about the boundaries, talk about your feelings, talk about your temptations. Do not cast fear or shame about what you think you're going through or what you think you're feeling towards this person. Because if this person is supposed to be your person, then you guys are going to be bounded and, 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 and united the way Adam and Eve was, which is according to Genesis, they were naked and unashamed. So don't place shame in your relationship. Talk to your person. Like I'm very, you are turning me on and I feel very guilty. I feel naughty. I want you to do things to me, but I don't want that to happen because I want God to be here. Or you're just like, I'm scared. I'm scared that if I don't go past second base, you're going to leave, or you're going to, you know, you're going to think I'm boring, like talk, have the hard conversations with this person, because the more you talk, the more vulnerable you become, the less ashamed you become, the more light you bring into your darkness, mm -hmm. you know, into those temptations that will be removed and cast out because now light has entered into the conversation and now you're able to honor those boundaries a little more better than had you would have kept things to yourself or I just went with the flow. I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, one thing led to another. It's always one thing that led to another. But if you had a conversation about the one thing, then it would lead to something completely different. And so talk to your person, talk to your person and have that accountability. And don't trust that you think because you're old because you've been through a marriage before, but because you've done some things that you can do it again, because this is a different scenario with a different person in a different setting with different needs and different wants. Mm -hmm. And you need to make sure that God is the one that you're leaning on and trusting on during that entire season. 
those points are so important. Um, accountability is, is very, very important, not just for you, but for the person you're dating as well. Yes. So the per, uh, the person that was my accountability, his, her husband was my husband's accountability. Perfect. So he would text, like if they knew we were going out on a date and they always yep. knew, Around 10 o'clock, like, where are you? Where are your hands? Are they above the stair? Where are you? Like for the first few months, one of my boundaries are, I think really for quite a while um, leading up until when we actually got engaged, one of my boundaries were that we weren't traveling in the same car after dark. Mm -hmm. I was like, let me not just create, because I live in an island, okay? There's not much to do. So you go for a drive, you you could park over somewhere and watch the water in the sunset and it can turn very, very left, very quick. So I had that as one of my boundaries. We talked about it. That was one of the things in our first meeting conversation. And it was, I was very, I felt very blessed because my husband brought it up. Mm -hmm not me. So because he brought it up, I felt less nervous about talking about it. Yeah. So then we, we set that foundation down. And one of the things that I was very certain about is that if we cross a certain line, we're going to have to break up. I'm mm. sorry. I don't think that I can get over the guilt and the shame and how I feel that I got to let my, let my father down, my, my holy, my holy father, God down. If we do that, when I know this is intended to be so much more. So that was very clear in the beginning. In the, yeah. in the beginning. So we knew how to draw lines. And I'm not saying that it's easy because it's not easy. You haven't had somebody come up next to you, give you a hug or smell so sweet in a very yeah. long time. It yeah. is not easy. So do yeah. not trust yourself is really number one. I completely agree with you because no matter what you think you have under control, mm-hmm. when, when those emotions and those hormones hit yep, and you remember that parts of your body ha- are awake that haven't been awake in a while, Yep. Then you don't know what can happen. So always keep those three things in mind that Selena said, accountability, do not trust yourself and talk about your boundaries. And I I want to say darkness, go ahead. I want to say a little bonus. I just, I really feel like I need to share this. And that is that, you know, you, it's so interesting. You just said, um, if I, if we cross the boundary, then we would have to break up. And I want to let you guys know that sometimes you might, you, you, there might be women out there who might cross that boundary and the devil wants you to stay in that guilt. He wants you to say, you see, this doesn't, this never going to work. He wants to tear you apart because the devil does not like when God puts people together. He does not like the family. He does not like the marriage. It was created before sin ever happened, you know? And so he wants you to fail. And if you happen to slip and if say you do cross a boundary, please, you're not being banned out of the Garden of Eden to to be without the presence of God. Like, please know that you're human and seek God, you know, maybe have that count that accountability partner and talk to and talk to them. Maybe all four of you guys get together and talk about it. It doesn't have to end in a, in a place where you are shamed and guilted. And, and now you no longer feel like you're far away from God because that is far from the case. So boundaries, absolutely. Yes have people help you with that. But if it happens to be crossed, 
if it happens to be broken, just know that you don't have to stay in a broken state. God can still work through you. God can still bless you and he can still help you recover and, and still get something beautiful in the end. Mm-hmm. You don't need to stay in a broken state. That is, that is so good. Now, this conversation is good. I feel like I can sit here and just talk to you for a yeah. while, yeah. but I know we're coming to the end. So I want you to tell us before we finish up, what are your top three tips for creating healthy, um, healthy dating? So not just the boundaries, like things that you can do that are outside of the norm that will help you to create a healthy relationship during your dating process? So I would say um, never forget about yourself. I know when people start dating, they automatically, it's all about him. I'm going to go spend time with him. Um, I'm doing this thing. I'm so busy, you know, talking on the phone with him, texting morning through night. Don't allow this person to become your idol when you start dating. Mm-hmm. Please remember yourself. Remember your growth. Remember what makes you, you remember your hobbies. Remember to take care of yourself. Remember that it's that person that your man is pursuing. And if you lose her in the relationship, then the relationship is no longer what you thought it was. Okay. So number one, I would say the tip is to never lose yourself. Always remember yourself. Um, Thing number two, I would say is use the Bible for your love life purposes. What do I mean by that? Yes, devotionals are great. Yes, books are great. I've written four books. I get it. But when you're in a situation, for example, we talked about the season of waiting. Use the Bible for that. How would you do such a thing? You know, the the season of waiting in the Bible, most referenced about a season of waiting is in the book of numbers. Okay. If you're feeling like you are um, chasing after something and God gave you a promise, but yet you feel like you're being attacked left and right. Okay. Go to King David, go to the book of the Bible that speaks of a man who was promised royalty and, and becoming King, but then was being chased down and he didn't get that for many, many seasons to come, you know, use the Bible, use the stories, use the parables, use the Psalms to reflect the chapter of your love life that you're currently in and allow God to speak to you through those things. They say that the Bible shares everything that you would ever need in this world. Everything, every lesson, every experience can be reflected from the Bible. And if you don't know how to search in the Bible, just Google, you know, break up Bible verse. Okay. (laughs) Or, you know, jealous of my friend Bible verse and find the references and use the Bible to minister to you in your moments of your love life. So that's my second tip. And then the third tip I would say is, um, dating is not what it used to be. It's always going to change you know, online dating is there. Who knows what it's going to look like in five years? Who knows, you know, because it's definitely changed since 2020. Dating has changed. And because of that, people are changing. 
mindsets are changing, expectations are changing, values are changing, everything is changing around you. But the one thing that is not changing is your God and how he sees you and how you see him. So get very clear on that relationship. Get very clear on what you need to heal from. Get very clear on what he is trying to, um, what your purpose is, what your assignment is. You might not get that right away, but constantly pursue him to understand your connection to him. Mm -hmm. Because in an ever-changing world, God is the one that is constant in your life. Mm -hmm. And that knowing that and knowing who you are in him is going to lead you to the love life that he longs for you to have. So don't be distracted by the changing of the world and the times be focused on the constancy of God and how he is in relation to you. And those are my three tips. Those are some great tips. Never forget about yourself. Use the Bible in your relationship and don't get distracted by all the changes, but focus on the constant, which is God. Selena, you have poured out gem after gem after gem. Thank you so much for being on this episode. I know that my listeners have so many takeaways. So before we let you go, you have to tell us how we can connect with you on social media, get your books, and of course, how they can work with you. Yes, absolutely. Everything is my name. So if you want to, you know, book a coaching call or order a book, it's selinaamadovar.com. If you want to just, you know, you heard this episode and you have a question, you just want to, you know, elaborate more on, send me a DM on Instagram at Selena Almodovar. If you want more of my tips kind of in bite-sized chunks or, you know, little snacks that you can enjoy throughout your day, go on my YouTube channel. It's Selena Almodovar. And I have hundreds of videos for singleness, dating, relationships, breakups, friendships, and marriage. So you would be highly entertained there if you, um, if you're looking for more of me. Thank you so much, Selena. Of course, Purpose Chasers, I'm going to put everything that Selena just said down in the show notes so you can connect with her easily. Selena, thank you again for being on the episode. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time and thank you so much for all your listeners for watching and just giving me some of their time to just talk and connect with them as well. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe and also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.